0: We have a, we do have a guest speaker today. He's not he's not really a guest. Yeah, he's he's been around for about 20 years. So, but uh, I'm excited because uh, Chris and I have been talking about it. Uh, his message and he's going to share something uh, from the Psalms and it's a, a wonderful thing. But uh, we've had Chris teach before at a, at some of our men's uh, breakfasts and different places and and uh, he loves to get into the Word. He loves to worship as well, and so. Uh, Let's uh, make him feel a warm uh, welcome, and uh, Chris, right. There you go. Thank you for that. Okay. Ah <laughs> uh, I'm not going to try to be too self-deprecating, but... Um, Kelly uh, met me after church last week when he heard that uh, I was going to be speaking this week. He came up and said, I understand you're going to be speaking next week at church. And I told him, well, I'm going to be speaking. Whether you understand anything I say is somewhat out of my hands, but I will do the best that I can. Um, I'm going to be uh, talking uh, out of Psalms, so if you want to turn to the Psalms. Uh, Psalm 28, 7 is where I'm going to be. I'm going to jump around, but that's where I'm going to start. So if you can get there, and then I'll read it, and then we'll pray. Because, yeah. All right. Psalm 28, 7 The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song, I praise him. Let's pray. Lord God, you are our strength and our shield. You are everything we need, God. Lord, I pray you would be everything that I need here to speak your word and to just give your message, Lord, and just share what's on my heart, what's on just my, my mouth, God, but that you would be glorified in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm gonna kind of break this uh, down, and the first piece is the Lord is my strength. Um, Pastor Rich talked a little bit a uh, couple weeks ago about the older men of the church, and he said that older men are 40 and over. I am 40, I will show you my driver's license, I know I look young, but I turned 40 this past January. Um, and so uh, I am experiencing what it's like to be an older man. Um, I, I, I feel young. But this past year, I have had a few medical issues. Um, I can be subject to migraines. I went about 10 years without having one. I've had two in the last year. Um, I've had a few stomach problems. I suffer a little from acid reflux in the last year. I do not know how my body knows that I am now 40 years old. <laughs> but it has figured it out. I'm not as old as these two uh, grumpy old men here, but um, but I, I'm feeling my age. Um, I've turned 40, and I, I feel it. At the same time, apparently I am a millennial. Yeah, um, if you would like to have a spirited discussion with my wife about whether she is married to a millennial, you can do that. It will not go well, I'll tell you that. But you know, technically, I'm in the span that Pastor Rich um, so I'm going to use that. Um, you know, millennials are the youth. They are young. They are energetic, which I felt like before this past year. So, um, and we feel like we can do anything. Uh, you know, you know, we feel young. You know, are. You, I mean, with the youth group, they have so much energy. Uh, I, I can't imagine where they get it from, and I wish I had more of it now. Um, but here's the thing, and um, I'm learning this more the older I get. We are not as strong as we think we are by R. R. Mullins. We don't quote Rich Mullins that much. You know, we do Spurgeon, uh, we quote him the Bible. Um, Rich Mullins is a Christian artist. He's done Awesome God, among other songs. This is one of his that a lot of times will be going through my head sometimes, that we are not as strong as we think we are. It, I don't know, it just it pops into my head. And when I was reading The Lord is My Strength, that was what I thought of, that we are not as strong as we think we are. Um, and when I looked at the Lord is my strength, that is such a simple, sorry, simple phrase. There's no room for anything else. I, I think a lot of times when we think of God's strength, we think, you know, God is the strength we need when our strength fails. Or he's that little extra push to get us over the finish line that we need. Um, you know, we think we have to go to strength God when our strength is gone the Lord is my strength means we don't have any strength it's, there's nothing in us that is strong except from, apart from God and the psalm, many of the psalms including this one were written by David and the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking of this is David and Goliath you know he we all know the story of David and Goliath he went out, he fought Goliath but if you read the story, you know, he steps up and Saul, you know, his, Saul's first response is, you can't do that, you're too little, and look how big he is, because Saul was thinking you know, size matters, you know, the size of Goliath, the size of David. Um, I, what I also find interesting is finally Saul kind of relents and says, okay, go and the Lord be with you. And then he tries to clothe David in his armor, puts his suit of armor on, the helmet on. And he's, you know, here's all my stuff that I would use. And you know, you've seen the Veggie Tales, the, the cartoon version is, you know, he's covered in this and he can't move. And you know, David says, you know, because that's what he, that's what Saul still thinks strength. He said, "Go with the Lord," but he still, you know, say, and here's all my armor. But David, you know, when he's going out, he says, I come against you in the name of the Lord. The Lord will deliver you into my hands. He will give you all into my hands. Because he knows we are not as strong as we think we are. It's not us, it's God. It is very hard to put that into practice. The world has so many sayings about, you know, it's, um, you can, if you can see it, you can be it, I mean, your destiny is in your hands, um, anything you want, go after it, work hard and you'll get ahead, all of those are good. But that is all putting it on us, you know, the idea that you have to work hard, you have to put in the time, the effort, the all of that. And that leads to a lot of disappointment, it, le- it leads to a lot of stress, it leads to anxiety, depression, anger, because we're trying to do it ourselves. We're not trying to do it in God's strength. And when we fail, we think it's our fault. I, I, you know, it, We feel all these things because we feel like we've let ourselves down. And part of it is because we have not gone to God. We've tried to do it ourselves. We haven't started from a place of the Lord is my strength. And Jesus said a similar thing in uh, John fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Same thing as the Lord is my strength. Apart from you, me, you can do nothing. There is no ambiguity there. You know, it's only when we put our, you know, everything over to God, give everything over to Jesus, is when we find strength, when we find the ability to go through. So that's that's where we have to start. We have to start with saying, It's not me. It's all about God. And now let's talk about the shield. You know, the Lord is my strength, and he is my shield. We talk about what a shield is. It protects us. So this is the response. You know, if we trust in God completely, give it over to him, he will protect us. Now, when I think of a shield, I sometimes think of this. Um, you know the circular shield. You know the it's kind of the medieval version. Um, that is really good for hand-to-hand combat. If you're fighting someone else who has a sword and a shield, um, you can block his sword. You can, you know, it will give you a measure of protection. Um, but Ephesians 6, if you would like to turn to Ephesians 6, talks about a different type of shield. Ephesians 6 is the armor of God, and it goes through the uh, different pieces of armor. There's uh, the breastplate, the uh, helmet, and Ephesians 6.16 says, in addition to all this, he's gone through some of the pieces, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. that that shield is not going to probably defend you from all the flaming arrows of the arrows of the evil one it you'll probably some will get through but before that before before I get on to the my next point can you just look up if you're at Ephesians 6 up to verse 10 notice what verse 10 says Ephesians 6:10 finally be strong in the lord and in his mighty power paul's going to list all the qualities, the, all the armor. But notice, before all of that, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. It's not, it's still not on us. You know, he's going to say these things that you need, righteousness, the word of God, truth. But first and foremost, going back to the Lord is my strength, it starts with God. It, it's not on, it's still not on us. That said, um, when Paul was talking He was probably, you know, he was during the Roman uh, Empire, and the Romans had a shield that looks like this, the scutum, long long U. um, This was probably the shield he was thinking of. It's very large, it's curved, it's rectangular. If you crouched down, you could be pretty much completely covered. Um, Some of them, I, I found out, were between three and a half feet tall, and three feet wide. Um, That is the shield that he's talking about. That shield would be better at defending you from all the flaming arrows. So that's what he's thinking. He believes that the shield will completely protect you. That's the shield that that Paul is referring to. And he's he's talking about the shield of faith. So let's talk a little bit about what faith is. Why is the shield... Faith. It's Paul, the full firm, firm, armor of God. The shield is the first one. If you, The other ones that he talks about before, you had to put on. You, you, know, you strap on your breastplate, and it's there. The shield, you have to take up. You have to do something. You have to do something. And that's what faith is. Faith takes action on our, on our part. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the two words that I've highlighted is substance and evidence. It's not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is something that we accumulate through seeing God in action, seeing him as our strength, him protecting us. That is what faith is. It's substance and evidence. It. And it takes an understanding of who God is, his character, his power, his strength, and his love for us. I really like, I found this quote, and I really like it, I'm gonna read it, I think you can read it, but, though it's based on solid evidence, that doesn't mean faith comes naturally to us, or uh, or easily. Faith involves a huge element of trust, we must examine the evidence and see that God has proven himself to be unchanging and consistent. And then we must firmly believe that he will fulfill his promises to us. That's Faith involves seeing God in action and knowing that he is so faithful. He is the strength we need, and he is, the, he is everything that we need. And it takes trust. It, it, It's evidence, but it's the evidence of things unseen. And that can be hard sometimes. The other thing, and this is just an aside, as I was looking into the shield, this uh, scutum, I found this. Uh, This is a formation that the Roman soldiers would sometimes get into the infantry called the testudo, or tortoise formation. And if you notice here, they are when they are in this formation, they are pretty well secured. If you think of just the one guy, he was pretty secure here, but he, he was still vulnerable. Here, there is very little that can get through. And I think this is an example of, you know, fellowship. You know, one of us, with our faith, if we have a faith in God, we can be strong. He's going to protect us. But how much more protected are we when we're in fellowship with other believers and our faith is strengthened by their faith? That they can protect us where we are vulnerable. They, um, we were talking about. uh, Justin was talking last week. They can see things in us that maybe we don't see that we are again are vulnerable. This is this I like it as a picture of the faith of a group of fellowship when we are together that we are stronger and we can we can just be stronger together. All right. All right, my heart trusts in him. That is the next one. And this is interesting. When you get ready to study for, the, for something like this, you sure. will look up different versions of, you know, you'll go to the NIV, you'll go to the New King James. And this, the New King James version is a little different than the uh, NIV. If you notice, the New King James says, my heart trusted in him. The NIV says, my heart trusts in him. So I, I was going to kind of say, okay, which do I want to use? I could make a point for each of one. Um, I'm actually going to use them both and make a point for both of them. Um, the first one I'm going to look at is the New King James. My heart trusted in him. Um, yeah, well, oh, sorry. Thank you. First, I want to look at the heart. Um, my, the title of mine was A Heart for God, and it starts with the heart. They both say the heart trusts, so it starts in here, and when my heart trusts in God, comes. From, I, I thought of uh, Romans ten, nine through 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it, by your, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It starts in the heart. It's with the heart we believe. It's down deep inside. We see God. He's proven himself to us through his strength, through his protection. And then we believe. And I like this quote I found. We don't understand the Bible with our mind. It's spiritually understood. We understand it with our spirit or our heart. This is the reason that we can read certain passages dozens of times and never understand what their true meaning is. Then one day we suddenly see what God is showing us through his word. It is at that moment that we understand it with our heart. So again, it starts in the heart. Um, I can talk for as long as I'm going to be up here. and Unless the words get in here, unless what we read gets in here, it's you might hear something interesting. You may have thought that stuff on the Roman shield was kind of neat. But it has to get inside the heart. All right, so now I want to look at the two different kinds. My heart trusted in him. I'm going to take that as a past tense. Each one of us had to trust in God. You know, Um, it, It was a conscious choice. And what I'd like to do, I'd like to open this up now. If you haven't made that choice, if you haven't decided to trust in God, that today is a good day. Um, as in Romans, is with your heart you believe and with your mouth you profess and are saved. So again, I'd ask you to take a moment and just, is that you? Is, do, is your heart, I think our hearts are crying out for God. And if that's you, I'd like to just take a moment and just pray. And you can repeat this in your, in just to yourself. God, you are my strength. You are my shield. You gave your son Jesus because you want a relationship with me. Jesus died for my sins, and now I give my heart to you, to trust you, to call you Lord. Because I think, amen. God, I think that's where we each were, for those of us who have, you know given our hearts to God, but it's important to remember that there was that moment that we first did. Now, for the rest of us, I'm not going to leave you guys out in the loop, um, the, my heart trusts in him is more present tense. It's more continual. Um, it's a continual process. Um, it, we have to trust each day that he'll protect us, Trust that he's faithful. It, it doesn't, we just don't trust God and then, oh, I'm going to trust God every day. No, some, it takes still knowing who he is, even when we give our heart to him. We need to continue to know him better. So let's talk about cardio. If we're going to talk about the heart. Um, I go on the treadmill several times a week. Um, I've been doing this for a few years to try to keep in shape. A lot of good it's done me this year. I don't know what's going on with that, um, but uh, you know, I try. I try to you know get on the treadmill. I like to run. Um, I, I some people walk on it. I like to run. I like to sweat. It feels like I'm doing something, um, and I feel comfortable. I can run an eight-minute mile now, which is kind of cool. Um, Reese can run an under six-minute mile, so I, I feel completely you know, unworthy when, I, when I'm uh, anywhere. We, we ran this past summer. We were up at a reunion. There was like half a dozen of us running the mile. Reese blew them all away. way, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I can hold my own. I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, With well, the cardio, I do about 15 minutes a day. That's that's all I do. I do it after work. 15 minutes, go down, run. I can get in. It's something. Um, I think our relationship with God needs to be like that. And what I what I said, and I I pick 15 minutes because that's sort of really all I have time for after work before I get home. Um, We have 15 minutes. I know how much TV I watch. That we have 15 minutes to spend time with God. And again, that may not seem like a lot, but if I, I used to say this when I was doing the, uh, the workout. The 15 minutes I'm doing now is more than the nothing that I was doing before. Um, so that always made me feel better. Well, I was doing nothing, so I'm doing something now. So for those of you who you know, want a deeper relationship with God, if you, you need to work on the heart, you need to do your cardio, um, you need to have time, it can be in the word, it can be in prayer. It can be in worship, listening to Christian music. There's that time. If you're in the car listening, I'll do a plug for K Love. um, There is time to connect with God while you're driving to and from work. Find time. That's how the heart will remain close to God, trusting in God. Uh, John 15, back to uh, what we quoted before, Jesus says this Remain in me, be with him as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I take that to mean spend time with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Okay. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But it starts with the spending time with him, getting to know him, being, having a relationship with him takes work. Start with 15 minutes a day. We all have 15 minutes a day. I know that because, again, I watch a lot of TV. Um, Okay. And then the next part is, and he helps me, or the New King James, I'm gonna use them both, but I'm not gonna break them down, but I like the I am helped. This part is constant. This part is, if we trust in God, we are helped. He won't leave us or forsake us, It's part of the faith of trusting in God. We must examine the evidence and see that God has proven himself to be unchanging and consistent. And then we must firmly believe he will fulfill his promises to us. He has promised that he will help us. And it's consistent. Here's a Spurgeon quote. I knew I'd get one in. Faith has no tenses. because faith deals with God, whose name is I am. I am helped. He, we are helped. You know, we are always helped if we go to God. He is faithful. It's a constant state. Now, I believe that we have to ask. This is also, I, I went to, G, I went to uh, John 15 quite a bit, and I was kind of surprised how often I went back there. Um, this is uh, John 15:7. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is after he's saying, remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you remain in him, then he, he ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. He, he wants to, just like he wants to be our shield and provide for us, just like he wants to be our strength, he wants to help us. He wants." But we do have to ask, we do have to ask. So if you were in Sunday school, um, this is I guess to the youth group, uh, we do Seek Ye First virtually every week. And there's the first verse that we all know. The second verse is ask. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. We some, I remember before when we would sing this, we would get those mixed up until we remembered, okay, the ask, A-S-K. Um, and what I like about these, each piece, there's an action required. We have to ask, we have to seek, we have to knock, but then the result is assured. We sh- it shall be given unto us, we shall find, we sh- the door shall be opened. God is, is faithful, and he is reliable if we come to him. OK. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. Um, this is where I get to do my part. Um, I play guitar every once in a while, not as often as I play piano, because I, and I tell people I'm a piano player who plays guitar. I, I, it's not my first instrument. Um, I, I, I'm say i a bit of a hack. Um, you, you can say, oh, no, you're great, you're great. No, I, I'm, I'm not that great. Um, so, but my point is, right now, I'm going to put on the, I've been a worship leader giving a message. Now I'm going to be the worship leader giving the message about worship. So this is going to be fun. Um, So the The King James, if you're reading it, says, therefore, before it gets into this this verse, um, because of all we've talked about, our response is worship. And again, it's from the heart. The heart worships him. When I talked about what the message is going to be, it's going to be a heart for God. It starts from the heart. Now, I'm going to kind of lead you on a little path. Youth group, we have this box of questions downstairs, and they can put any question they want into it. And the question, one of the questions they had last year was a good one. Is it OK to listen to non-Christian music? And I don't know if Matt is here, but Matt and I both had about the same response. It depends on the non-Christian music. Yeah, uh, There is a lot of bad Christian music out there. I mean, bad non-Christian music, excuse me. There's a lot of bad secular music out there. And then I was thinking, there's a lot of blah non-Christian music. I mean, it's not bad, but there's just nothing to it. And, and then my, I, I thought, and I remember I gave my answer, and I said, well, I like a guitar, good guitar solo as much as the next guy. And as I said, I'm a hack at guitar, but I can play enough to know people who are much better than me, um, like Jim. Jim's real good. Um, we got to see uh, Amy's cousin Dave, who has a uh, 70s cover band, uh, a couple weeks ago. He plays lead guitar. He is really good. Makes me feel, yeah, wow, I'm so far away from them. Um, but I want to play a guitar solo that I particularly like, um, and then I'll explain to you why, if this works. I go to the next slide? Oh. OK. Uh, well, that was just a way to do guitar solo. I, I like Star Wars too, so that just worked for me. Um, all right. Um, last week, Justin did a compare and contrast. He does highlights with his kids. So I'm going to play a game called Name That Tune. Does anyone know what that was a guitar riff from? More Than a Feeling by Boston. Yes, you all get, I don't think we have anything, you can have a few more vanilla wafers out in the back. And you're, you're probably wondering why I played that. That song is 40 years old. That's not why I played it. Um, it's a cool guitar riff. That's not why I played it. Um, I'm a huge Red Sox fan. And um, in 2000, well, if I'm a huge Red Sox fan. And if you are a huge Red Sox fan, you have had a lot of heartbreak in your life. Um, 86, 2003, we, we've, we had gone through a lot. And in 2004, they won the whole thing. And it was, it was on Fox. Yeah, hey, I, I, here we go. They won the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, they won the whole thing. And Fox would play that song coming in and out of commercials. They didn't do it every time, but they did it a few times. And when they won the whole thing, um, I'm not going to say that we should you know, be crazed for f- sports. I'm a big Red Sox fan. And them winning in 2004 was a big deal. And when they won, I was sitting at the spot on my couch. And I, I got choked up. I got teary-eyed, because I had spent 20 years rooting for this team, almost, and they won. So now, when that song comes on, I think of the 2004 Red Sox. It's not just a cool guitar riff. It hits me here, because there was a heart connection to that. Here's another example that I'd like to give a little closer to home. Um, I often say that Mighty to Save is my favorite song. I actually had someone come up and say now, when I hear mighty to save, I think of you, because you always say it's your favorite song, which is kind of cool, but you should think of God, don't think, don't think of me. Um, but it's my favorite song, not because it's a great worship song, which it is. And in 2008, I not I say I'd fallen away from God, I, we, I still came to church, I still volunteered, but my heart really wasn't into. It. I was going through the motions. And we hear that phrase, "My heart's not in it." That's a thing, you know. If if you're just going through the motions and it's not hitting you here, then there's something missing. And I I, I talked back then about how my job had gotten really stressful. Um, we had taken on more responsibilities, more work. I had. And I was trying to do it all. I was, we didn't really have the staff, and I was trying to do everything. And I was trying to make, do it in my strength, and it was not going well. Um, and it was tough. And there were days that I would feel drained and stressed, and I would come home. And I remember there was one day, and I don't know how I came across this particular clip, but we're going to play it. Um, this is Mighty to Save. Um, it's off of YouTube. It yeah. If we could play it just for a second, because I'm gonna just talk about it for a the whole thing, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, I don't. It wasn't the first time I heard that song. It's not the first time we'd done that song. I'm sure we were doing it here at church. But for whatever reason, that day, that song was what I needed to hear. It's how I needed to connect to God. And I'm kind of getting choked up now, because I just remember it hitting me then. And that that video several times since. And it, it still impacts me more than maybe another song would because it's hitting me here. And I, that's when I say the heart for God. If you have a heart for God, things like that are going to touch you. If you have a heart for God, it's, it's going to hit you deep. And I'd like to... Um, Psalm 30, 11, 12. You, can, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and you clothe me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever." That's what it is. It's from the heart. And if we, we need a heart for God. I want to read two more things. If you could turn to Psalm 150. I won't keep you too much longer. Um, Psalm 150 is the last Psalm. I don't know. I couldn't figure out exactly if it was written by David. But the way I like think of it is, the Psalms are a songbook. This is their, this was their worship songbook. We have, you know, here at the church, we have a, a worship songbook that we pick from. This was theirs, and this was the last one. And I just, I'd like to read it and then connect it to something else. Psalm 150: Praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty heavens, praise Him for His acts of power. Praise him for surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is the last psalm. Again, it's a song book, And this, was, this is how they wrapped it up, and just the image, keep those images in your mind, and if you could turn to Ezra 3, Ezra 3, 10 through 12, and this is where I'm going to close it up. Ezra is, is one of the minor prophets. It is, um, it talks about how the Israelites came out of Babylon. They went back to rebuild the temple, and Ezra 3:10 is the part where they have laid the foundation. And I, I just want I'm going to read it and then kind of talk about just how it hit me was as I was getting ready for this. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the songs of Asaph with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. And when I read that part of it, the part about the trumpets jumped out because I had just read Psalm 150. The symbols kind of jumped out because I had just read Psalm 150, which had the same idea. The idea of as prescribed by David, because I know David wrote the Psalms. And I'm thinking, this is them busting out the songbook, and they are worshiping God. Uh, Let's read uh, further down. And all the people gave out a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. This is the part. But when the older priests and the Levites and the family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid, and many others shouted for joy. I think of the older guys as... Me, as a Red Sox fan in 2004, you know, some people might have been shouting, but I was just sitting there tearing up because this, was, this is something I've been waiting for. And, and now that I'm an older man, um, <laughs> I can understand that how these older priests felt because it's hitting them here. It, yes, they're worshiping, but they're also remembering how faithful God is. He has been strong for them. He's been faithful for them. And they, in all of that, all of their experiences with God is coming out here. Trumpets and cymbals. This is the heart of worship. This is the reaction that comes from spending time with God, knowing his promises, and his faithfulness. So our faith, our relationship with God, is having a heart for God. If we have a heart for God, we feel it deeply. I'll go back to this quote. We we don't understand the Bible with our mind. It's spiritually understood. It comes from the heart. And this can be applied to the word. It can be applied to prayer. If we're just going through the motions of prayer, it's not from our heart. It's not the same. He'll still hear us, but it's not the same. If we're worshiping and it's a, just songs, it's not the same. It needs to come from our heart. Otherwise, it's fun. Worship is fun. It's interesting. I might say something interesting that you remember. It might sound good. I hope when we play we sound pretty good. But that's not the it won't be life changing it has to come from the heart All right. so let's pray to God from our hearts dear God uh, we, we thank you that you had a heart for your people and so you sent your son Jesus and now you're asking us to give our hearts to you and God as I said if there's anyone here who hasn't done that that their heart is just aching for you and that they just need to speak out, God, and you will hear them and that you will accept them because you love them so much that you gave your son, Lord. And for the rest of us, God, I pray that you would help us to remember that you are the God of our hearts, that you are more than the songs we sing, more than just the words of our prayer, God, that you have come into our hearts and that you dwell there And we need only to remember that and to know that you love us so much that you gave your son so that we could give our hearts to you. We thank you and we praise you. In your name, amen.